welcome to another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. This is the final episode to the Faith Series. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know in the comments section of my website, twopillarspodcast.com. If you'd like to hear more types of these series or share, share if there's a particular series you'd like me to do. It's, I find it fitting that the last episode of this Faith Series is happening during Holy Week. As Lent comes to an end, how satisfied are you about the preparation you made for Easter? Lent is it's about reflection on what Jesus did and his sacrifice for all our sakes. His sacrifice is a representation of God's grace, and his death gave each of us an opportunity to get closer to God. Lent, you know, is meant to be a time of repentance, praise, and worship, a call to read the Bible more and pray more often. It's a desire to, to have a deeper intimacy with God and deepen your faith. And I really hope this faith series helped you in that journey. I thought I would end this series with faith lessons taught by James from the book of James. James, who is known to be Jesus' half-brother, was on the side of those who did not believe in him during his ministry. It might have been hard for him to believe that someone he grew up with and probably saw as, you know, just his normal, his normal brother, older brother, was the Messiah. He publicly doubted him. In Mark chapter 3 verses 21 it reads when his family heard what was happening they tried to take him away he's out of his mind they said something happened to change his belief something powerful was enough to take that this unbelief to belief first corinthians chapter 15 verse 7 said then he was seen by james and later by all the apostles after witnessing Christ's resurrection, he became one of the leaders of the church at Jerusalem. He ended up making the deciding speech at the Jerusalem Council, and Paul called James one of the pillars of the church. Imagine going from, you know, my brother's nuts, to being one of the pillars of the church. When it comes to learning from his life, from the life of James, the brother of Jesus, there is one thing that stands out above the rest. And it's this, the resurrected Christ has the power to change lives. Like the religious leaders of their day, James had seen Jesus perform countless miracles, but none of that convinced him. It was, it was the resurrection, the resurrection Jesus, where that made his entire life change. He went from skeptic to believer to church leader. Christ's resurrection changed the lives of many, and it is that event that fueled Christianity and gave the apostles and early Christians the strength to preach the gospel and Jesus' message, despite facing death. When Jesus was arrested, the disciples were afraid. They ran away. Peter even denied knowing him three times. It was the power of his resurrection that solidified their faith and recognition that through believing Jesus, we are all saved. In a sense, James was reborn. His rebirth was one of the Holy Spirit. It reminds me of what Jesus told Nicodemus. The story of Nicodemus can be found in John 3. 
starting with verse 1. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night because he did not want to be, you know, he was afraid to make it known that he's approaching Jesus because the Pharisees publicly denied Jesus. He asked him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with you. What did Jesus answer him? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. At that time, Nicodemus, he, he, he is bewildered and confused. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answers, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Nicodemus was taking his word literally, where Jesus was talking of a rebirth spiritually. He didn't understand that Jesus wasn't speaking of the body, but the spirit, a rebirth to the power of the Holy Spirit. James was reborn when he witnessed Jesus' resurrection and became an important figure in early Christianity. What lessons in faith did he teach that we can learn? He, his book does an excellent job creating a how-to book on Christian living and faith. The book of James shares five themes of faith. Living faith, trials, law of love, wise speech, and wealth. For this faith series, we're going to focus on two, trials and living faith. Trials and temptation. So our faith gets tested for sure during good times and, and, and trials. And we're, these last, last few years, especially the last year, all we hear about seems to be trials. During good times, we sometimes forget to show gratitude for a source of all goodness. And during trials, it can be easy to become angry with God for what we are going through. I'd like to challenge you with a different way of looking at challenges. In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 to 7, it's written, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in all they do. You know, these verses uh, talks about facing trials and being grateful for them. James is not saying to be happy when we face pain, but to look at it through a different lens, to look at what facing this trial can produce in your life. James is telling us to turn from our hardships into times of learning. 
We often hear amazing stories of people who went through a horrible trial only to come out stronger and better for it. There are tons of examples. You can just you can just Google it. Some some I recommend are, you know, stories of Oprah Winfrey, Thomas Edison, or even Albert Einstein. We can't really know the depth of our character until we see how we act under pressure. James is also referring to believing and not doubting. Instead of focusing on our struggles, what if you saw them as an opportunity for growth? If you do, then you can thank God for being by your side. I know it's easier said than done. Believe me, I know. That's why the people that have managed to accomplish this are part of the minority. But that doesn't mean it can't be you. What's not part of the minority is God's promise to be with everyone during rough times. To believe and not doubt is not only about believing in the existence of God, but His loving care for us. It includes relying on Him to get through every capital, every trial. They say God doesn't give you trials that you don't have in you to beat. I use this point of view to help me believe in what I am capable of overcoming and that my trials align with his purpose for my life. I love that James comparison of doubt to rolling waves. Doubt can make your faith be tossed about like restless waves during a storm. It is during these times that I remember key Bible verses that remind me of who God is and what my faith can help me through. The second theme I want to talk about today is about genuine faith. This all centers around the royal law that Jesus taught. Love each other as I have loved you. If we would only follow God, Jesus' two royal laws, love God above all else and put him first, and love each other as I have loved you. James chapter 2 argues against favoritism, the necessity of good deeds. He presents three principles of faith. Commitment is an essential part of faith. You cannot be a Christian simply by affirming or knowing biblical facts. Yet you need to commit your mind and heart to Christ. Two, if your heart and mind is committed to Christ, then as a natural byproduct of your faith, you will naturally engage in right actions. And three, faith without good deeds doesn't do anybody any good. If you have faith, believe and commit to Jesus' teaching. Your actions naturally will expose what you truly believe. What are some examples of these good deeds? One example of a good deed is to reject showing favoritism. Jesus teaches that it's wrong to judge a person by his or her economic status or appearance. You can't judge the heart by the exterior. In today's world, this can be related to an inclusive culture, but at the same time, it is important not to judge someone who has made a mistake and we've I think we've gotten into that trap a lot lately as a society. I like to read to you from James chapter 2 verses 8 to 13. If all of you really keep the royal law found in, stri- in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. 
Speak and act as those who are trying to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let me read that last verse again. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful, mercy triumphs over judgment. Only God knows. He only God knows the heart and therefore he is the only one who can judge. Only God in his mercy can forgive our sins. When we withhold our forgiveness from others after having received it ourselves, Aren't we showing that we don't understand or appreciate God's mercy towards us? True faith should transform our conduct as well as our thought. The second good deed is about our actions. James teaches that deeds of loving service are not a substitute for, but rather a verification of faith in Christ. James chapter 2 verses 24 reads, You see that a person is considered righteous, by what they do and not by faith alone. The last good fruit of our faith in, in, is to serve others. And in serving others, it's about taming the tongue. James says it so well with the following verses. James chapter 3, verses 4 to 12. Or takes ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell all kinds of animals birds reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in god's likeness out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be done can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Amen. James is talking about how a few words spoken in anger can destroy a relationship that took years to build. Words said. He talks about the tongue, but nowadays... You know, it's, it's the written word also. Spoken in, written in anger, that is rarely fruitful. The uncontrolled tongue or social media post can do terrible damage, dividing and pitting people against each other. Idle and hateful words spread destruction quickly. The Holy Spirit will give us increasing power to monitor and control what we say if we ask for his guidance. Jesus spoke often, and compared how the first fruits of a tree reflect the health of that tree to the actions or words a person says or does reflects the heart. People can ignite a fire in us that is hard to control. I, I've, been, I've been there. Few, a few choice words, a few 
opinions sparked that burning fire in me and I answered in anger. It's easy to lash out, easier to lash out than to pause and not react in a hurtful manner. Our faith is shown through our actions and James gives three clear examples of actions that reflect Jesus' command to love others. Talks about refusing favoritism, loving all and treating all the same, allowing your words, verbal or written, to reflect mercy and love instead of hate, hate and that if faith is truly in your heart as a natural byproduct, good deeds should stem forth from that faith and belief. You know, I am so far from where I would like to be when it comes to my faith journey. It really requires constant tilling of my spiritual garden. But the more I put my focus on it, the more tools I feel I have to remove any weeds that may start to grow. I really hope you enjoyed this faith series. It was created out of love and the hope that I can inspire even one person in their spiritual journey and help fuel your mindset. Share your comments on Two Pillars Podcast or send me an email at info at leadgrowdevelop.com. That is my my original podcast, business and leadership podcast that I that I started. Please subscribe, rate, and and or comment on this podcast. It really helps people get to know the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and looking forward to the next episode of Two Pillars Podcast.